0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Min Max Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by the great, the honorable Jeff Marquiafava.
1: Hansen, you don't know how hard I had to fight not talking through
0: that intro <laughs> after you told us not to. <laughs> and we have Sergio Vasquez
2: on cue. It's me talking at the appropriate time.
0: That's right. And Kyle Hilliard's here too. Hey, what's up? Welcome, everybody. This is kind of the biggest E3 day. It doesn't feel like it because we're not in L.A. and sweating. And for me, I'm not lugging video equipment around and trying to... And it's Sunday. Donut King in our bellies. Right. That's usually the the go-to place. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we're here checking out all of the great E3 news because we have had a lot since the last episode of the MinMax Show podcast, which if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for being here. Even if you're watching us live, thank you for being here. It's a special live episode. You can always subscribe to the MinMax Show podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's not Patreon exclusive, so always appreciate if you subscribed, left a review, told a friend, all that fun stuff. But since the last episode of the podcast, there was the Ubisoft press conference, Uh, colloquially called Ubisoft Forward. A ton of news there. Uh, News all over the place. Devolver technically squeezed in there. And then this morning, as of time of this recording, was the Xbox and Bethesda uh, press conference. And then also the Square Enix press conference. And that's not it for us because we're also coming back on Tuesday for a live reaction for Nintendo. And then one more bonus episode of the MinMax Show podcast uh, after Nintendo's big press conference on Tuesday, which I'm very much looking forward to. But Honestly, who needs Nintendo with a Kyle with a plate so full? Who needs those schmucks? Uh me. Oh, I yeah. would like it, please. Yeah. <laughs> I also would really like a lot of
3: Zelda news. But, but, yeah. But nice I have nice things to say about all the other conferences. That's not to diminish them. I just like Nintendo a lot.
0: Yeah, no, there's been some amazing ones. It seems like Microsoft and Bethesda joining forces is It's not even a secret juggernaut. We all should have probably seen it coming. But like, you know, Leo, who's there for a live reaction, also had the take of like, it's so nice that now Bethesda, where year by year, it was always a little bit iffy about like how much do they have to show, how much are they going to be front and center, and when How they're much just,
3: Andrew WK are we going to have to listen to to pad this thing out? Yeah,
0: totally. But then when it's like joining forces with Microsoft, that just makes for an amazing conference where they have so much to show, so many details to go into. So that's definitely the start of the show. And then Ubisoft was solid, and it seems like Square is at the bottom of the pack if you're interested in the official ranking of, of where we're at. But Jeff, what do you think about E3 so far, man? Oh, uh, I really enjoyed Microsoft's show today
1: yeah i didn't see ubisoft or square but um this was this was the one that really got me excited and made me really excited for the coming months and i guess through 2022 there were a lot
0: of announcements for but Uh, technically there's a 2023 in there uh, a very small yes, 2023 was. That, was, that was hidden there, but I love it. Um, okay, normally, sometimes, typically, normally, we go around the horn and say, like, all right, our third favorite thing of the show, second favorite thing of the show. Let's shake it up a little bit and just have it be whatever you're excited to talk about. Sergio Vasquez, you look like a man who's excited about some games. What what, do you, what would you like to talk about? What's at the top of your heap, do you think?
2: Yeah, it was kind of, I was like, when back when we were still doing the, the top three structure i think i found it was pretty hard for me to find like a really solid number one i don't think there was anything here that i'm like oh i can't wait to play this this is so exciting for me but like there was a a lot of stuff that it's like ah, a lot of stuff that i think would otherwise be fighting for second place i think um and i think to me probably the most interesting one was redfall Oh, in in terms of a a thing i was not expecting because i think with them having their hands full with Deathloop at this point i it Definitely felt like they didn't need to announce it this early, but I'm glad they did. Okay, so uh, let's, let's
0: let's take a step back. So this is during uh, the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase. This is Arcane Austin. Previously, they developed uh, Dishonored and Prey. This is their new game, uh, not to be confused with Deathloop, which Arcane Lyon over there in France is creating. But Redfall is a name we're all going to be looking forward to, and it's releasing summer 2022 How would you describe what we saw there, Surreal?
2: Uh, I I mean, we didn't see any real gameplay, but uh, it definitely feels like it's going to be maybe Left 4 Dead-esque in that it is a co-op shooter where you're fighting off waves of vampires, not zombies. But um, it does feel like even from that trailer, you saw a lot of powers. Um, So I think that's what's going to set it apart in that field where it's, you know, it's got uh, like various different characters you can play as. I don't know if it's going to be character classes or custom um, but it definitely feels like you know everyone's gonna have their own abilities. It seemed like they were gonna go class based from the trailer, um, so that I think is gonna spice things up. I think uh, I'm just like I just like arcane games in general. They always seem like they're they're pretty much up my alley all the time. Um, but I think the to me the thing that kind of docked it a few points is I'm not a fan of like the tone and personality of the trailer. There's a there's a section
0: where one of the characters calls another one Edgar Allan Bro. okay yeah that's the tone we got
2: there's a lot of the like um stuff that i think is like kind of aggravating in stuff like borderlands or like some of the like marvel movies where it's like characters acting very casually about being in like life-threatening situations right where it's just like they're just kind of making all this like banter about whatever and like you know even the trailer is like oh the the or whatever is like you know how they got into this and then like the the or like, like they—they they very much segment it as like, oh, this is like a really kind of like, uh, tongue-in-cheek personality, which I don't think has been a thing for Arcane. Uh, so I'm very curious to see if like ends up being kind of grating, which is what well, that stuff always does for me. And that's kind of, I think, what has prevented it from being at the top of my list. Sure. Um, so just, to, but, yeah, I, I think you called it like a Left 4 Dead maybe
0: like, and I think it seems like they introduced it as an open-world co-op game. So it seems like it's kind of Microsoft's take on a Borderlands. Uh, and instead yeah. of fighting a bunch of, you know, uh, Mad Max villains out in the desert this time around, it seems to really be focusing on big old vampires everybody's favorite get some vampires up in there yeah
2: and it, I, I mean even at the end of the trailer you saw like someone who's a big bad right yeah
0: I, I like that we all
1: kind of walked away with our own impressions of what that game is supposed to be i i guess i saw it more as kind of just more action focused open world you know arcane game I, I don't i don't know that it will be like a Shooter looter, or necessarily, you know, as goal oriented as uh, Left 4 Dead is, but I, I just kind of, I guess my takeaway was like, oh, you know, like a like a more actiony, dishonored, but you were playing with friends this time around.
0: Yeah, they definitely pitch it uh, in the setup. Phil Spencer pitched it as uh, being an immersive shooter still, which is very much that that arcane pedigree. So I'm curious what yeah, that and, means in this every, context.
1: Yeah, and everything that we. Saw. I mean, it was all it was all cutscene stuff, but you could definitely tell that each character kind of had their own specific powers, and you can see how they would work within kind of the arcane framework. Of like, this lady can summon magical elevators that shoots everyone up in the air. And that's just right. like a, a very easy mobility kind of power that you can that you could see in an in a ar- normal arcane game. It's just a little weirder here. And you had invisibility and things like that. And and I'm I'm super like I have enjoyed all of their games in the past as well. This was this would probably be my number one as well. Um, but I'm you know I've I've always liked I like watching people who are super good at those games play and combo all those things. And so it's the most exciting thing to me is okay. Well now we can have four different people or however many people and they all have their own abilities and you can figure out how to combo all of them together. And that's that's super exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Is it going to it gonna be
3: this versus Suicide Squad, basically? Are they going to be kind of similar? And, like, is it, is it going to be like that? You yeah. know, there's going to be teams that are like, I'm more Redfall, I'm more Suicide Squad, you know? I've and then there's, I'm that. back for blood. <laughs> like,
0: me, it's, it's, I'm it's a Gotham nice person. Like,
3: there's so many times that like genres crop up at the same time where it's like they, all, they all feel like they're kind of similar. I mean, when the games come out, it's a totally different story. But right now, it feels like we're getting a lot of these four-player cooperative kind of you know, action games.
0: Well, there's a lot of kind of the Left for Dead-like. It seems like those are having a big, a big moment. But the fact that it's a little bit different. But I hadn't thought about that Suicide Squad analogy. But yeah, you're totally right. I definitely think that's going to be a similar wheelhouse for a lot of folks. And uh, they announced that Redfall... Is going to be exclusive to, you know, PC and Microsoft. And then also that Starfield, yeah, is absolutely going to be exclusive as well. Um, but yeah, Redfall, open world, takes place in Massachusetts, fighting a lot of vampires, and you seem to have like a sunlight gun. What was that, Kyle? <laughs> Do you understand what I was looking
3: yeah, at? Yeah, sunlight thing, recently apocalyptic. They're, they still seemed like they were kind of like, it could go back to normal, you know, which I think is kind of an interesting idea, having just lived... <laughs> Through a period of my life where I was like, I think we'll go back to normal at some point.
0: (laughs) Make it happen. Uh, Redfall, everybody. That's the name we have to remember, Um, which is the fun of E3 learning new names, folks. Uh, Kyle, what do you think uh, you're most excited to talk about?
3: I am most excited to talk about Somerville from Jump Ship. i've been following this game for a while it's funny when they showed a uh, planet of lana at the summer games fest yeah which everyone was like this reminds me of inside limbo and it, it actually prompted me to be like oh i need to check on somerville like i haven't heard anything about that in a while and it was like three or four days ago i went and made sure i was signed up for their newsletter uh which is funny that now there's like today then we got uh at the time of this recording we got uh a new trailer for it and uh I mean, it's just that Limbo Playdead super fan inside of me. It's um, so the company is Jump Ship. It's co-founded by Dino Patty, who was a co-founder of Playdead, who has since left. But he was the director of development on Limbo and the executive producer on Inside. He is an executive producer on Somerville. And the game is being directed by this guy that I don't know. His name is Chris Olson. And I was looking him up and he's more from the world of film. He's like an animator. He worked on uh, on IMDb. He worked on like John Carter of Mars. He was like an Hell animator on yes. that movie, and uh, and then he was he also did he also animated on Legend of Guardians, which is kind of a punchline children's movie That's that with, Zack like, Snyder directed. It's about the owls, Guardians of Kahool. Oh yeah, but like that movie looks amazing. <laughs> like yeah, I've not, you know even like just watch a trailer for it, and it's kind of undeniable how good that looks. But then he also did on IMDb he did previz on Avengers 2 and Edge of Tomorrow. So he's like an, he's like a film guy okay. who does a lot of art and he directed this game and it's like it's very scant the details that we know in terms of what the game is about, but to me it looks a lot like a very grounded alien invasion movie. It lo- or not movie, but like it looks like an alien invasion is happening and you're just a small family a mo- of a maybe a mother and a father and a child and a dog just trying to survive while the world goes to hell, which seems like a really interesting premise, especially in one that might not have a lot of dialogue, I'm guessing, or if
0: any. Yeah, know? it's so weird that it looks so much like inside. It seems like there's a little more depth instead of kind of mainly on the 2D plane. Like it looks like inside. you might have
3: some 3D movement options, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's weird, weird to think about how does it play and what's the story if, if it's inside largely, but with a family? Like, are we going to have to watch that family get ticked off one by one? Or is it just going to be the happy core? And even though it looks dark and dour, everyone's making it through to the end.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're going to be worried about that dog until that dog dies.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. is is how that's If you
0: don't solve this puzzle in time, the Somerville dog is going down hard. Man. Yeah. Uh, But that's going to be... The kid looks
3: young enough to, like, not be able to fully walk on their own, which I think is an interesting idea. Like, it looks like a kid that just learned to walk, which is like... I don't know. That's an interesting idea for a game, like having to manage that while while stuff's going to hell. I so that's that's. I mean, it it, it feels kind of like the hipster. That's
1: uh, fair, man. It's pick, who you are? You know,
3: like we're not talking about.
1: That's the Kyle pick yeah. for sure. I know. And like I, mean, I just even when that came up, everyone was like, "Oh, this is kyle's So happy right now. I'm happy for. And it. I was. I was very happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: like um the Bethesda, I, it's slipping my mind right now, which is insane. The Bethesda Starfield game. The starfield like i'm very interested in that game but i don't have a lot to say from it based on that trailer you know what i mean so it's hard to like dive deep into that one but it's like i'm excited that there's they have something to show for it so yeah somerville so far has been the thing i'm most excited about
0: yeah and it's gonna be a console launch exclusive and coming in 2022 for that one but i mean since you brought it up let's just jump right into this behemoth um it was a bold move i thought for microsoft to open the press conference with todd howard on the stage i mean our boy phil Spencer was not on that stage for Microsoft until like- He took his time. Yeah, till the very end. I thought it was a really nice sign, even just of like the confidence. Like, man, we got so much talent. So many people making so many awesome games. We don't need to bring out my lousy mug until the back end, basically, to announce a couple more things. But uh, Starfield. Jeffem, what did you learn about Starfield today? The new Bethesda game.
1: I have super little and and that that's why it's i mean in terms of in terms of games that i want to play and that i'm going to be excited for and lose my mind over i'm sure starfield is above and beyond the number one of everything that we saw except it's it was just a teaser it was a cutscene kind of teaser of you know a person getting into a mech kind of and talking about how we're going to the stars or starting a new civilization or something and there was a ham cheese sandwich that looked pretty good yeah you're
2: really
0: hung up on the sandwich man (laughs) yeah i really hope there's a
2: lot of sandwich based gameplay
0: that sandwich had personality yeah it's interesting though like that maybe this is the new model now for bethesda games is the super early teaser trailer i guess which is just kind of establishing hey we're working on a game called starfield which is what they announced years ago and now this is kind of the tone teaser of establishing a couple things like it's very much uh, not a slick version of the future. Things are breaking down. There's that helmet that said, like, not working properly. It kind of looks like a junkie.
3: use, I think, right?
0: Yeah, kind yeah. of a junkie, a little more of a Star Wars approach in some ways to this angle of sci-fi. But then very much the tone is, uh, okay. I mean, Todd Howard even said something about, you know, it's all about hope and inspiration and, like, mankind daring to explore beyond the stars, all that type of thing. And we learned that there's an organization called Constellation. And Washington Post actually had a bonus video about the making of that trailer where Todd Howard shed a little bit more light saying the Constellation is the last generation of space explorers. And in that trailer, they even set it up like you have discovered something that's like changing the way we travel through space. And so maybe it's like we've been traveling in space, but just kind of to Mars and putzing around and then you develop faster than light travel. It feels very much like there is some big step that's being taken in space travel here. And that, you know, and that making of, I believe is where they established again, that we've come to the beginning of mankind's final journey. So something big has happened and you're on the forefront of trying to explore new area in some ramshackle tech. The thing that kind of,
1: the other reason I wasn't super excited about it is because the one planet they showed was just kind of a desert looking desolate planet that to me, like, I hope, I hope that's like, that's the planet you leave at the starting of the game and you go to an interesting world to explore because that that just kind of had more Fallout vibes than anything to me. Like, I, I hope that this is a game where you're going to be, you know... I hope it's more Star Trek than than Fallout is. Or, you know, I, I, hope, I hope it's a little more fantastic. I hope you're interacting yeah. with other alien races and stuff and that they're not trying to take too much of a serious survival RPG... Tack to it
3: so i can't quite put my finger on why i had this thought watching it exactly but looking at it i was kind of like and maybe it's just me hoping but it's like is this going to be kind of like a curated no man's sky you know what i mean mm. like will you be planet hopping and doing like really amazing traveling long distances but not in a randomized world like each world will be sort of developed and have individual characters and, like, deep stories that you can find and stuff like that, like because that sounds cool to me. I like... You're, you're I like describing Outer Worlds, Kyle. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of am,
2: yeah, a little bit. I do feel, though, that, like, I think the, the tone of it definitely feels harder sci-fi than, than Outer Worlds because they didn't... I don't think they showed any aliens, so I think this is a world where the discovery of aliens would be pretty significant versus something like the Outer yeah. Worlds or Mass Effect where it's just like, oh, yeah, we've been living among aliens for a while now. Um... And so that that definitely seems like it's going to be closer in tone to that. But uh, in terms of, like, structure, yeah, I still want to see what this game plays like because I feel like for me, uh, the Bethesda formula has kind of had diminishing returns where it's like I, I loved Oblivion and I loved Fallout 3. But, you know, Skyrim and, and Fallout 4 for me didn't didn't hit as hard, so... Uh, I would love to see them like have that that tech, you know, be a little stronger, you know, like not 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 have people clipping through doors and stuff. I I know that that's kind of like a common like thing to beat them up about. But like, I I think that it's time, you know, like it's been so long since then since they've had like a proper kind of fresh start with something like this that I would love to see. I would love to see like a larger evolution from Bethesda Gameworks than like, well, it's you know, it's like Fallout in space or like, you know, it's it's. You know, uh, The Elder Scrolls in space.
0: Yeah, and yeah. They, they bill it as in the opening. They say from you know Creation Engine two. So they're very much trying to signal at least that it's a big tech change. I am always a little skeptical because every new Bethesda game they've said, oh, we've rebuilt this engine. Here we go. And so I'll believe it and it's when like I see it. Modest improvements, right? Yeah,
1: right. I, I would I would go one step above Cyril and say I don't just want to see that. I think they have to do that this time around. Yeah, I, I think the age their you know their tech has has aged a lot in term it's considering all the other open world rpg games that we get nowadays all of which are much prettier and you know the animation is much more fluid and everything like everyone is everyone is playing Bethesda's game now at this point maybe not to the exact depth that Bethesda does but they need to shore up some of their shortcomings with this one
0: yeah, um, by the way, people in the chat are saying that apparently Todd Howard did some interviews today and he said, <laughs> quote, it's Skyrim in space. So did he really say that? I, that multiple okay. people are quoting him saying that, so we'll fact okay, check then, the yeah, then, then
2: I think my excitement is somewhat muted by that. Well, I like, mean, hey, to be fair, if it's function. like
0: smaller worlds and you get to jump around to a couple of them, I think that's still going to be super exciting. But it's amazing to me that they I called... Just, I don't want loading between
3: planets. I don't want to get into a ship and select it on a menu and wait. I, I want to just fly to that planet. You know what I mean? That's, like, the big thing I want.
0: Yeah. Uh, but they called their shot saying it's coming out November 11th, 2022. Um, and it sounded like Laura Bailey in the trailer uh, doing the VO, but we'll see exactly how that works. And they also said um, in that behind-the-scenes video that uh, they're like, we're really going to take people inside the game's development as we go along. So I'm curious to see what that means. Just regular, you know, video diaries or if it's going to be a new approach to that uh, for transparency I mean, the- from Bethesda or what? But
1: yeah, this this trailer felt very much like we need to show something from a Bethesda RPG and this is as much as we have to show at this point. Yeah. Like it was it was that level of teaser of like we need something, guys. You know, we, we can't just show an, another Starfield logo. So they they showed us a little bit more, but yeah. it's still very open in terms of what this game is.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. I'll throw one out there into the old pot. Uh, a game that we've talked about technically on the podcast before, but never with this name. This is, of course, Stranger of Paradise, colon... Final Fantasy Origin. Final Fantasy Origin. (laughs) Stranger of Paradise is not what I expected for the name of that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy Origin sounds like a cool name for a game, but... uh, So this is... (laughs) Funny subtitle. That's what that Nomura coming through. I feel like they should have flipped it. Call it Final Fantasy Origin: colon Stranger of Paradise. I-, I do feel like
2: Nomura is we maybe the that. like, come on, the right. like Joker of Japan. is just like, what if I made it twisted? And this was like his take of like, <laughs> it can't be a normal title. It's got to be some some dumb thing. So it's Stranger of Paradise, baby. It's my next. It's the next Nomura joint. <laughs> yep. Uh,
0: so this is the game that we talked about before, where it's Team Ninja, uh, Ninja that some of the leads behind Neo also the developers of Ultimate Alliance 3, don't you forget. And um, Ninja Gaiden. And Ninja Gaiden, of course. Um, that they're making a game that, at least the leaks were saying this thing's going to be a lot like Neo, which means it's going to be a lot like Souls. And so a lot of hype was built up about like, oh, Final Fantasy Souls, here we go. Final Fantasy Souls, we're getting it. And then we got the
2: trailer today. Did that look like Final Fantasy Souls to you, Serial? Not really. I feel like, I could. I think if you, if someone who was not super familiar with that Kind of subgenre saw like here's the footage of the game that I saw and it's like oh it kind of look like Souls I could see why someone would say that but I think watching the trailer it feels like it it's kind of like that in name only and that's like it's behind it's like here's the third person perspective action combat where you're not doing like you know air combos all a devil may cry it feels it definitely feels like it is action combat game and people really only have two reference points for those kinds of games which is Platinum games and uh, from software games, and people just kind of went with from software versus platinum.
0: To be fair, this was in a trailer. It's tough to get that tone across in a trailer, yeah. and there is a demo. A lot of gameplay a- in that trailer, though. Yeah, that's true. There's a demo out now on PlayStation 5 that I'm looking forward to checking out right after this.
2: And so yeah. I think people have a better uh, sense uh, it's of out, it. Oh, it's out right away? Yeah, yeah they, they yeah. said that's it was going to cool. be June 24th uh, in like a, an announcement shortly after, and then it came out today. And then now I'm seeing that people are saying all the files are corrupted. So people can't actually play the demo they downloaded. <laughs> what? Okay. So yeah. great and they issued up saying like, yeah, we're looking into it. Oh boy. It's- are, which is part of a larger squ- uh, uh, theme with Square today, I guess. Joker strikes again.
0: <laughs> See,
2: yeah, a lot of people it. are attributing it to chaos because the whole point of that game is that you're trying to, I guess, murder chaos.
0: Yeah. So because it's Final Fantasy Origin, it does have the ties. Like the rumors uh, were hinting that it's connected to Final Fantasy One, where chaos is like the final boss of Final Fantasy One, and then Garland is kind of the main antagonist to Final Fantasy One. And in this Jeff trailer, Garland? Jeff Garland himself, Merrick Garland, actually. Larry. But, so they combine it in this trailer then, where they have it be Garland is in his throne room, and you go in there, and then he attacks the Warriors of Light, as they cheekily call themselves, and he goes, I've become chaos! So it's weird to see the final boss in the opening trailer. I'm curious to see if it's going other places beyond that, but like, it's really fascinating to see a reinterpretation of Final Fantasy I's relatively bare-bones plot because like even in that trailer, it's really funny. Yeah. Like one of those characters, he just never stops talking about like, "I'm here to destroy chaos. All I care about is taking out chaos. Me, chaos <laughs> means I'm gonna fight him. Don't get me in the same <laughs> room as chaos." It's like even in one trailer, he just keeps reiterating like, "Yeah, Don't get I guess started on chaos. That's all you can really do, buddy." But yes, yeah, <laughs> and so then he, his
2: friend is like, "Yeah, we're the warriors of light or whatever.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm the cheeky sidekick <laughs> who looks like a male version of lightning." And so that's yeah, the crazy thing. The and they, were, going, yeah. they had a big flash uh, letting you know that Nomura from Square did the character design for these characters that are. Like, one of the guys just looks like the junk dealer from Final Fantasy VII Remake. I mean, he just looks like a guy in there. It and He's like. like Why
3: would that character stand out to you? I Hanson? don't know. What, he, just the junk he just came to mind. He just came
0: to mind a little bit. But, like, this guy is just like. <laughs> Ripping corpses, like every enemy he destroys, and he's on the ground. He's like I'll show you one step closer to chaos, and rips the thing's jaws open. He's just—he's he, brutal. He doesn't like chaos. I don't know why you're confused. <laughs> but about he's this. causing so much. He wants comes- order. I see. Uh, so uh, still, a lot of things are mysterious about this game curious about learning more they show like a collapsing pillar in the trailer as well it's like okay is it going to be kind of shortcuts is that hinting at more of a souls like um in that flashcard where they said or the title card or whatever the what hell you want to call it credits card where they said that Nomura is gonna be designing the characters uh they said that the they listed the game's director who's not from team ninja but the game's director is actually from square and they were the battle planner for final fantasy 13 but this is their first time actually oh. directing something. So it's a, it is more of a fusion with Square than I thought based on those leaks originally.
3: Good but combat in thirteen.
0: Finally yeah, it. we'll have to check it out. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see if that demo is playable. But yeah, Stranger That's of Paradise, cool. of course, is the and name of that minutes to one. go.
3: We'll see when I'm done with this. You're downloading <laughs> those <laughs> corrupted <playable>. files,
0: Kyle. <laughs> uh, Jeff, Bringing um, chaos to my console. What would you like to talk about, Jeffem? Um?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll throw one on behalf of Leo. Oh yeah, who seemed very excited to play Halo Infinite's multiplayer,
0: which was kind of the,
1: the bigger of the Halo Infinite reveals. They started with with some kind of single player stuff that was like, take our take a look at the new Halo because we've been reworking on it, and it was just kind of Master Chief floating around inside a derelict spaceship like bumping into lots of stuff.
0: <laughs> well to be fair there was some interesting Cortana stuff there where they basically yeah, have a sure. phony fake Cortana and then Kyle I don't know what you took from that but basically she, there's some confusion about a lot, of, mission. a lot of win rare
1: jokes of, <laughs> of how to unzip her is what we what we yeah. took away from it.
0: Yeah
3: but it seems I, like they uh, deleted Cortana. Play Halo 5 so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like I don't really know where I am. One little thing was like him moving through zero G into like a a uh, gravity area, like moving through a uh, something. Like I would love to see that as like a gameplay thing. I think that'd be really cool. But I don't. I, that might just be cutscene stuff. Yeah, yeah
2: I, I think that this trailer, which I don't think showed a ton of like actual gameplay, definitely felt more pitched to like, oh, okay, like we showed off the the fact that it's like an open world Halo thing. But I think this this trailer was definitely more directed to to like, oh yeah, no, it's also gonna have kind of like that set piece, like epic, you know, like movie like feel that that Halo has, where it's like you're going through something that feels momentous and not just kind of like generated and it's like here's encounter number 17 or whatever that we've devised in the open world and it's gonna have these like story beats that that, this felt like that trailer kind of addressing some of the the feedback from that previous
1: yeah like if if you were worried that master chief wouldn't float into a lot of junk this trailer has got you covered but the cool (laughs) part jeff um was was then they showed multiplayer and it looked really cool it It did it looked kind of like classic multiplayer with some extra you know little abilities, the grappling gun looks really cool. uh, they had like a samurai master chief
0: that yeah. was super weird that was odd. I maybe mean, it's just showing See, off that, a that larger like cosmetic
1: I, I
3: didn't read
0: uh, it yeah, that. probably yeah. but.
2: I wonder if that's not just like a a thing among the Halo community of like, oh, they brought back this suit. Like, that's really cool because I remember there being some interesting sets like in Halo 3 or something where it's like the Halo recon stuff. Or if they're if they're kind of alluding to like there there will be rare sets that you can earn that are purely cosmetic, but, you know, set you apart in in Halo matches, you know?
0: Yeah. And the big thing is they'd already announced this before, but kind of reiterating is still a bold move that this is going to be completely free to play. On mm-hmm. Xbox and the PC, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yep, the multiplayer. I'm sorry, yeah, when it comes out in holiday 2021, they didn't have yeah, a and, release date there, but
1: and you know, a lot of a lot of cool, like cool moments that aren't you know tied to a, a cutscene or something, where it's like he he blows someone up and he like shoots his grappling gun and grabs the gun out of the sky and pulls it to him and immediately starts shooting it, like a, a lot of stuff that that. If it happened to you during a gameplay match, you'd be like "That looks super awesome totally and I actually did it myself i did you know it wasn't a quick time event or anything like that if if multiplayer is that kind of dynamic with you know all the different abilities and stuff that he was pulling off then that would that looks like it'll be really fun and it and it looks it looks kind of old school, which is what everyone was kind of taking away from the single player stuff that we've seen so far. This looked this reminded me of like the you know the community get-togethers that we did with the original Halo not too long ago for the
0: deepest and, dive yeah yeah, it, yeah totally like want to jump in it's amazing when during this press conference it felt like a big triumphant moment first of all when they had the Halo announcer jump in just during a trailer for multiplayer which was fun but then also it's just like this whole section of the trailer was dedicated to hey, it's time for a little Capture the Flag. And it's like, oh, yeah, I had a lot of good times in my life playing Capture the Flag in Halo. And so it's crazy just for that to be the star of the show. It it got me. And, like, yeah, like you said, it's cool to see somebody like Leo, who's not the biggest Halo fan in the world, but likes, you know, Rainbow Six Siege and a lot of online shooters to have his head be turned and be like, okay, yeah, I'll absolutely check this out. I think it's going to be huge when it launches.
1: Yeah, and he said, like, that's going to make it so much easier for him to actually get his friends on board and have everyone play it because it's free for everyone.
2: Yeah, I think this shows a lot of confidence in that mode, I think. if I I I definitely feel like there's a chance that looking back on it, like the multiplayer will be the thing that people take away from this game. Like even even if the campaign ends up being kind of disappointing or whatever, I think people will remember Halo Infinite's multiplayer. And I think like making it free to play, I think could be seen as a sign of weakness of like, we don't think it's part of our packaging, but I think maybe this is like, well, if it's on Game Pass, that maybe makes things like murky or whatever, but let's just kind of clear everything up. You can just hop into Halo multiplayer. And if you want to play the campaign, then you can pay for Game Pass that way.
0: Especially, I mean, it's really forward looking just looking at the success of something like warzone, um but then it's also crazy in comparison that like this holiday we're gonna have battlefield twenty forty two released where it's seventy dollars for just multiplayer, and then we're gonna have Halo Infinite completely free to play multiplayer. I'm not saying battlefield twenty forty two won't be worth it, but that's just gonna be an interesting point for consumers of like, okay, here are my options yeah i'll I think I'll go for the free one with a bigger name in mm-hmm. some cases. Yeah. Um did uh, that Battlefield footage send out to you Jeff and they also showed a bunch of gameplay there?
1: Uh a little bit. I <clears throat> I mean that was that was better than the trailer that they showed the you know day before couple at at uh Keeley's thing. At, at least this was more, you know, straightforward actual gameplay. It's <laughs> it's weird because like kind of the big set piece things is like you're you're fighting in this huge city you know you have all the all the vehicles that you expect from a battlefield it's you know like twice the size it's like 128 players or whatever and then there's just like a giant ass tornado that goes through and and I'm wondering how that works from a gameplay perspective because it looks like you're having a kind of regular battlefield you know tug of war style conquest battle and then just everyone gets sucked up by a tornado because it's huge and it just like sweeps through the entire battlefield i don't know what that does to balance or anything like that but it certainly looked visually impressive
2: yeah I, I think the size and scope of those maps seems really daunting i like i'm not sure how i'm not entirely sure what a match of that game looks like is it like every okay well now you have to like the the capture zones constantly move or something and now everyone has to head to the top of this building and that's how That stuff, uh, like, you know, the tornado factors in of like, well, it wasn't there at the beginning of the match, but we weren't anywhere close to that building. And so as the match progressed, it's just like the, the, you know, everyone just kind of moves across the battlefield in kind of the structured way, which is what I feel like might end up being the thing. But it it seems like how do you mix this kind of set piece design with the idea that it's like, this is my 10th match that I've played today. Yep, there's a tornado again. You know, know, (laughs) how, how does that stuff, you know, even out over the course of, you know, a bunch of matches.
0: Well, it's interesting too that like their messaging is ever changing maps. It's like, yeah, we've had changing maps in Battlefield before. It's kind of what you're known for, which is destructibility. And the fact that we haven't really seen that be showcased yet is a little alarming when they're talking about ever changing maps. They show like it yeah, has a rocket over here in this map and then it can take off. How about that, Battlefield fans? <laughs> like, okay, it's like, but how about yeah. if I could take it apart piece by piece instead?
1: Yeah and and what and what is the point of the rocket taking off is there going to be like a like a you know conquest checkpoint in the rocket and then it's like see you suckers <laughs> we're in space now you're not getting this one back yeah that works but but the uh the tornado one like they they showed they showed some scenes from later and it looked like the entire city was buried practically towards <laughs> the end of it and it's like i, I don't i don't know like I don't know what I would be doing at that point in the in that match, just like trying to figure out where I am in a sandstorm.
0: Yeah, uh, surreal. What are you most excited to talk about? What's left on this docket?
2: Uh, uh, may let's. I I feel like maybe Cal will talk about my other one, but I think Babylon's fall is probably the other thing that like I came away pretty excited about which is interesting because uh the moment i went on twitter it it seemed like square enix as a as a whole had committed a war crime with that conference (laughs) people were angry yeah
3: they called it a living game which is like usually you yeah a live live service game right yeah
2: yeah live service yeah so it, it, it was interesting like i came away from that pretty positive as someone who saw the initial reveal for babylon's fall wasn't like oh okay it looks like a you know a platinum game but i'm not sure what is interesting about this one in particular and i think that you know, making it co-op and making it look more like an well, it looks more like an RPG um, than like some of the other games. I think is kind of the hook that I needed, uh, and it looked cool. Like you know, a lot of combos and stuff that they pulled off, and like the way it looks like there will be more distinct classes than have been in Platinum games. So I like that they're leaning into the RPG stuff. But yeah, like online, everyone said, well, it looks like garbage and they they said the words life service which is a, an immediate cause for everyone to sound off all the alarms
0: honestly I, I know people can accuse us of being you know snarky which we generally don't like to be here at mid max but like in our reaction videos uh hopefully we keep it to a minimum but like i have really been off of twitter all day and then just in the brief window before starting this podcast i just opened up twitter and it's just like an avalanche of people, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, on the best gaming day of the year. It's like, come on, everybody. Surely there are great things to talk about. If there aren't,
2: you don't got to tweet about it. It's totally fine. No one's asking yeah. you. I feel like I, I tend to sometimes hop onto the, uh, like onto that negativity of just like, well, well, what didn't I like about this stuff? But yeah, it, it felt really weird because it's like what I saw about when fall really cool. And then everyone is just, I think it's a combination of like, it's been a really long time. Yeah, uh, since we saw that game. And I think, you know, kind of anticipation builds that way, you know, obviously we all saw that with Elden Ring, how people lost their minds about that. Um, But this feels like they just kind of like they did not read the room, it seems like, and people just wanted another single player platinum game. And that's they didn't get that. So I also think that like the live service game, it just becomes like a red hair or like not a red flag for a lot of people immediately and i don't know that we've pinned down what that means on a per game basis Mm. and i know that it means like for me it
3: means a game without an ending for me it means a commitment as opposed to
2: like a fun story so that's why
3: it's a turnoff for me i don't get the sort of complaining about the visuals of it i thought it looked cool That's weird to me. The live service stuff, that is a thing for me where I'm like, I don't think I'm going to really go for this one. Yeah,
2: I think that like even the even in the worst case scenario, though, like I think something like Avengers, right, which is like the thing that everyone kind of points to is like this is a failure of a live service game. Right. I like I think people just kind of feel like, well, I mean, I guess my, my take on it is like you don't necessarily have to marry every live service game, you know, like even Avengers had a point where it's like, okay, you finish the campaign, you can stop playing you know like and i think this this to me feels like this is just going to get a game that gets regular updates um and i don't like i don't think they'll link too hard into like microtransactions like hey everything you know like in order to play this content you have to pay money like on on a daily basis or something like that um but like yeah like i'm like i'm pretty sure that that game is going to have a definitive like end in a way that it's like most you know kind of people who don't want to keep up with it yeah. will be able to jump off and I think I, will but, also, I think they did say
3: something along uh, lines of like a, an infinite or like a a journey that never ends. They had some specific yeah. wording about that. That's that kind of implied no finish line. Babylon
0: won't you know? f- ever fall. I think is the yeah. name of the game.
2: I can see that. I think it, they. I mean, I like I like I said. I think that that just means like, hey, we'll we'll keep updating this game with content that is relevant and stuff, and add add new things to do. Right. But I don't think that necessarily means that like if if you go into this expecting to have like a Isolated experience that you'll that you'll never see that and so there's no reason to play. Like I think I think this game will have a a point at which you you hit credits.
0: You know what I'm really missing from E3 is um is kind of the E3 stuff. No, I feel like with E3 it was always so great to have all of these interviews lined up with press and like after the big reveal and the big press conference trailer and all that stuff, there would be like trickling info. And now when everything's so contained and remote, you're not getting that like, oh, IGN got this fragment of a quote about this feature in Babylon's Fall. There's more clarification on this, like trickling throughout the week. It's just kind of like now you only have the one spike on the graph and maybe there's Mm. some more details on the company website and deal with it, suckers. So hopefully, uh, you know, publishers and PR are, are lining up interviews around this time as well to kind of get some more info about some of these question marks. Um, yeah. that Only be-
2: there was some sort of unified portal where people could set up those <laughs> kinds of appointments and talk to developers, and that that worked. I can't really think well. of
3: what
0: it would be. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: honestly, Ooh, I mean, I, I, know,
3: that's a cool idea. They should do like where you can make your own avatar and mm-hmm. stuff. That would probably uh, make uh, it a better system.
2: I think we might have to workshop that one a little bit. I don't see how that <laughs> in any way relevant.
0: Honestly, I signed up for that, like for being media at E3. I've gotten a couple emails. I haven't clicked through a single one. It doesn't look like there's anything. <laughs> has anybody done anything with that? <laughs> No, I didn't, I didn't know. Play. Play. Okay. Um, well, hey. On the flip side of Square making a live, living game, Kyle, they announced something today that is the opposite of that in an intriguing way. When it shouldn't be a dead game. You're picking up what I'm putting. Yeah. You were amazed that, like, oh, this game that looks like it should be a multiplayer living game is a single player dead game. My kind of game. We just what you Guardians about of the, about? the Galaxy. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Gar- yes.
3: Guardians of the Galaxy is on my list. Uh, of games to talk about yeah um yeah you guys were berating me constantly uh, on our reaction stream I, I kept asking is this marvel is this a marvel expansion i think i realized i was. I don't want this to be a marvel expansion i just want this to be you a mean, standalone yeah. thing mm-hmm. uh which it is and i and I, I like the i like guardians of the galaxy i'm yeah. a, a cool guy that only learned about him through the films but they're probably my favorite marvel films i think uh those two and uh, I love I love the idea of just playing as one of those people. I like the idea of just a, a campaign where you play as Star-Lord and your buddies are along for the ride. Like, that's kind of what I
0: want from Marvel games. I want the Spider-Man approach. Like, that's yeah. my personal preference, you know? And it's really crazy to have Eidos Montreal developing this new Guardians of the Galaxy game who have done a lot of support and work on Avengers. And it's like they took kind of the tech and looks like some of the combat from Marvel's Avengers and now we're making this single-player game also about a team. So they're leaning heavily on, you know, team attacks and kind of coordinated and syncing up and stuff that way. But I think it's a really smart approach. And yeah, it turns heads for a lot of people that are more in the Spider-Man camp than the living game Marvel's Avengers camp um but the game still runs yeah, the, into that. And
3: the story choices are kind of interesting like that's that's a cool, interesting idea like giving you some control over how star lord directs the team you know
0: that's it's so odd because yeah that was a big selling point in their demo which was a surprisingly long demo here at the square Enix press conference um oh jeff and by the way they announced a guardians of the galaxy game i know you didn't catch that one but
1: yeah i didn't see it uh is it <laughs> is it do the likenesses look like well i guess it's just the one
3: no, they're the they're original ver. They're more based on the comic book look. Yeah, okay. they, do if they a are realistic' they They're with not Avengers?
0: Virtuni. It's it's Avengers esque, but because there's it, less that's, humans. the reason I kept
3: asking: Is this an expansion? Is because they look like they would fit uh, in that Marvel mold. Okay, but then but then it was it turned out it is not. It is a single player game. Okay. You know?
0: but it is that really odd thing of you know Guardians of the Galaxy, which now in terms of Marvel branding just means you know. James Gunn's taste in music, you know, and James Gunn's <laughs> sense of humor. Like, it just, it should just be called Guardians of the James Gunn uh, at this point now for this entire franchise. Just because even with Telltale's game, that was such by, a by weird By the
3: way, they, sh- they should, they should jump on this and re release Lollipop Chainsaw now. Honestly. Like, by the way, this is a James Gunn thing. <laughs> right. Please. We didn't get play on it when board. it came out, but. Nah.
0: But yeah, uh, so it's, it's that weird thing of there's, the Guardians of the Galaxy is the the series now where we're going to have some great music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s blasting there. And I know that with Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy, which, what was that, 2017? I feel like it didn't come out that long ago. They also had a bunch of music running throughout that. And apparently James Gunn got to go in there and actually double-check the music they were using just to make sure they weren't eating the lunch of where he wants to use music for the future of Guardians of the Galaxy films. And so this is also that weird thing where it's like, okay, it's very James Gunn inspired, but just off enough to kind of be alarming and the sense of humor and the voice acting is seems okay. Seems north of okay is probably the, the best way to put it. Um but it's cool that they're taking this approach. Yeah. Ooh. I want to play it. Yeah. Yeah. The um yeah the other thing too it maybe just because I played at least the first episode of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, telltale game but it did strike me that it was so odd in this demo that one of the big things they were emphasizing was player choice and dialogue trees And there's even a moment where you choose to throw rocket across like a canyon and then it pops up and says rocket is furious that you threw him he will remember that it's like this is the most telltale thing which is so weird because we just played a version of guardians of the galaxy that was all about this character will remember that but it's cool at least for edis montreal to be leaning a little bit more in that direction. And that's coming out October 26th, 2021 guardians of the galaxy. Um, let's see, Kyle, anything else you want to hit here, man? Yeah. I want to talk.
3: I don't, I don't have a ton to say about it, but replaced looks really cool. Uh, I feel like that's maybe another little bit of a hipster pick, but it's just like, it kind of reminded me of like Narita boy or the, what was the one that we played earlier this year, Hansen that you recommended to me? Oh, Aliha. Aliha. aliha yeah it kind of looks like that but like uh, sort of uh like one console generation up or something but it's just like this really cool pixel look a really cool like cyberpunk which is like you know all the rage right now a lot of stuff is cyberpunk but uh it looks really cool i looked up the developer sad cat studios yeah not a lot to their name but on their website uh, a little cat will pop up and you can click it and it meows so that's cool. Oh, that seems right. Uh, Honestly, though, I
0: think out of next any... What? <laughs> <laughs> I think out of like any game I've seen so far, I think this art style is maybe the most shocking. I'm trying to think about it everything. Like,
3: yeah, when when I watch these conferences, like I, there's always kind of like a thing that's like, oh, this is the one I know I'm excited about because it's the one that I immediately went and rewatched the trailer. And for me, it was like I pulled up Somerville and rewatched it more closely, and I pulled up Replaced and watched it more closely because yeah. I just wanted it, to look at it again. If,
2: you know? It feels like it is similar in aesthetic to a lot of like the Octopath stuff, where it's like very kind of like flat textures and like pic- almost pixelated, with a lot of like really powerful special effects but this feels like it's okay the the graphics have a little bit more fidelity than like retro right they just look pixelated versus purely retro but then you do also have all these like effects layered on top of that which i think is really it's a really cool aesthetic
0: yeah and they say it's a console launch exclusive for xbox it's an action platformer coming in 2022 so yeah replaced if you want to look up one game that has really striking art um yeah one that's yeah, kind of a, and
1: don't just look at screens of it because i right. i feel like the you really have to see it in action yeah, to yeah. fully appreciate it. That wouldn't look very impressive.
0: Yeah. On that note of kind of that new heyday of HD 2D art, uh, I'm going to butcher the name and I apologize, but Eoden Chronicle colon hundred heroes is also one of the best looking games that I, I've seen. And it, it's so funny because it started out, we're just like, okay, what is this JRPG? There's just JRPG characters popping up with, you know, still images of them introducing these characters. And I was like, eh, it seems fine. It's coming from 505. That seems fine. Then you see the gameplay and realize that, oh, this is the Suikoden spiritual successor where the creators of Suikoden 1 and 2 spun off. And this was a Kickstarter. It very much is in the vein of like Bloodstained, which 505 also published uh, spiritually, I think. Um, But just to have like a new, more action-focused Suikoden game from the original creators that looks this good... And it has still that 2D art, but roaming around in a 3D world. And when you zoom in on characters more, you can kind of see the pixels. It looks incredible. Um, and it's from Rabbit and Bear Studios is the name of that one. And that's the one where they say it's coming in 2022. But then much like Bloodstained, they have Eudin Chronicle Rising, which Serial, you speculated, might be more of like an action-focused version of it
2: it's like side scrolling action game i think it looks like yeah and that's coming oh. 2023
0: um but yeah definitely one to keep on the radar if you're a fan of Suka and old JRPGs in general because yeah some of that animation just looked awesome um let's see kyle anything else you want to hit up um i'm excited for Riders republic from ubisoft
3: get a couple of ubisoft stuff in there yeah what um, about what about that one in particular i it it just looks like kind of zany and crazy there's like downhill biking which is like a weird it's like a genre i like in video games i like like extreme downhill biking but there's also snowboarding and like jetpacks and stuff like that it kind of it just looks like like you know multiplayer you're just in a big open world and you can kind of choose your sort of way you want to race and it, it just had a lot of ssx vibes in it just in terms of the color and the way the rails looked and stuff like that
2: yeah, uh, yeah. It that was one of those
3: ones that I was like, didn't expect. It, it. Even when the trailer started, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Extreme sports game. But by the end, I was like, I really want to play this, you know?
0: It looks, it reminds me, this is such a stupid reference. It reminds me of like one extreme and two extreme, those games on the PlayStation, which yeah. is like so many different sports all packed into this one game. And like the one that really got me in Riders Republic was uh, like the, the jetpacks in particular, having just like an army Looks like dozens and dozens and dozens of people in like their wingsuit jetpacks, like flying through canyons and stuff. Like that is so cool. Uh, And they say,
3: I also also want to say, honest, genuinely, I think one of my bigger sort of like, oh, I didn't expect this at all. Big surprise is the Avatar game from Ubisoft. Totally with you. It just totally left field. That franchise is like is a weird thing that. You know, the the, the next films are, are actively being worked on and have been for like a decade, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I I do like that universe, and I would like someone to make an interesting video game about it, and it looked cool, and it's like, I never would have... That bingo card, it was like, never would have shown up for me. New Avatar game. I mean, they announced
0: they're working on it a while ago, so this is from uh, the... I just totally missed that. Okay. Totally. But this is a team that made The Division. Uh, They're also working on a Star Wars game, and so when they teased, like, working on a big new property, here's something in the Snowdrop engine, I was all in on thinking it was going to be Star Wars, and then... Freaking going to Pandora, yes. Yeah, so this one's called Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora, and it was a cinematic trailer. You didn't really learn too much. Everybody was kind of doing Avatar-y things, riding around on new creatures, taking down the man, <laughs> waving their down.
3: ponytails around. <laughs> oh,
0: just waiting for someone to entangle that ponytail with. It. it <laughs> there was an avalanche of hate that hit the chat and on the internet in general when they revealed the trailer for this. There is this weird backlash towards Avatar. That I don't think is justified, Kyle. I, I, I get, I get the reaction of
3: like it's weird that it hasn't had a cultural impact, despite literally being the most successful film of all time. Like that, that, that is true. But it's like it's a good movie. Like right. if you go,
2: watch, there's a reason it was really successful. It's a, it's, it's cool. You know. I think it's a, it's a. Go-to example of just like this is all special effects and there's not a ton of like I think the thing the reason people knock it is because like there's just not anything memorable about the plot or the story or the characters. I like, disagree. I I, I I didn't really like Avatar. I, it was like a fun experience watching it in 3D and stuff, but I don't think like it just doesn't come up in conversation as like a thing that is like anything matter. other than then its moment in time is like this was when 3D everyone was going all in on 3D and just like everyone was like this was made to be an event. And I think most people came up with it. It's like, oh, it was really cool. Or like, like, but, but no one has like this, like diehard passionate love for any aspect about like Avatar in a really strong way. Outside from like, you know, how Hansen's there were stories crying about crying right now. I mean, <laughs> people were I, like, I want to go to Pandora. Like, I,
1: I, I'm seen, upset. No, you haven't seen Hanson's st- Avatar tattoo. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I think Serial is like honestly right. I think the thing that just always bugs me is like people just treat it as an awful movie. Yeah, it's like guys, it's a good movie. The like, backlash is towards I, mean, I didn't like it, and that, that's totally fine. You're allowed. I, I that's totally cool. But I, I think I think if people were to revisit it, which they will in the coming years, I, I think there will be a resurgence of appreciation for it. You
0: know. Yes, it, we talked about it on the stream, but it's not the backlash towards the film; it's the backlash towards the film's popularity and towards that one yes. article that was written on CNN about. People are sad. They're not living on Pandora. It's like, whoever wrote that article is a freaking genius. Like, you got three and a half quotes, and now everybody cites it as a reason why Avatar sucks.
2: But, like, also, I think there is kind of like a... I don't know. This maybe happens to to a smaller degree with Marvel movies of, like, stop putting this in my face. And I think even even though there hasn't really been a ton of stuff, I think this is... The shadow of like, oh, James Cameron is working on four more Avatar movies, whether you like it or not. Like, <laughs> yeah. it w- feels like this is a, like a like a prime kind of outlet for the frustration about that. I was like, we d- no, who asked for another Avatar movie? Definitely not four more. This feels like it's adding on top of that. I also don't want to see that. Yeah. Also, the Avatar <laughs> game wasn't great, so yeah.
0: There's that previous Ubisoft
2: Avatar game, which I think is totally fair.
0: I think if the Avatar, it's also a condition of watching this trailer. I was like, oh, look, there's like more creatures. It'd be cool to see more aliens and stuff and just see those designs. And then I was really soaking in it and I was like, is it possible that I think Avatar is a good movie, but just not a very exciting world? And that's the problem of like, now you can go back to the world of Avatar. And it's like, I, I was okay on the world. I think just what I like about that movie is just like the pacing and the structure. And yes, you can say it's cliche and it's been done and it's fern gully all over again. I understand that, but it's like, I think that's what I'm really passionate about is I think just as a movie, it works a lot better than as a world that I want to yeah,
1: live I, in. I mean, kind of summed it up when you were like, oh, yeah, your ponytail's flapping and you can't wait to entangle it with another, like... <laughs> we remember I, that, no that
0: one, that's a thing! Remember that no you have one tail like, Yeah, but
1: no one likes it. No one likes... That's not, like, <laughs> No one's like, that's it's a really sci-fi. good move on there, but
2: that's smart sci-fi. There's... Yeah. Uh, there's like, there's, like yeah, the, yeah. the, the, like the fort, right? Like, yeah. I'll,
1: I'll say the actual avatar part of, like, going into the larger body, that was the yeah. most interesting sci-fi stuff to it. But the whole, like weeping tree of memory and all that stuff i don't
2: if you need. think it's safe to say that everyone Nothing has their own reasons, reasons for or... not
0: liking avatar <laughs> if you're coming up in this podcast insulting the good name of awa the tree i think is, is that the tree's <laughs> name <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, just saw from i just saw
2: avatar a couple of weeks ago again. what was the name of Sigourney weaver's character i have i know. hate this character. Dr. Kramer? I, that's, I but you, that's, you saw it weeks ago. I, I was talking to Jeff from specifically someone who watched it recently. Look, you're,
1: you're lucky I can remember she was in it. Uh,
2: Please, I, I could ask you about any movie that you
0: saw a couple weeks ago. Kyle, what's the name, main character's name in... What's that? Miller's versus Cruella. Machines. Finding Nemo. What, what, no, come on. What is it? Versus it's the Jimbo. Machines. Okay. That good animated film. What's that called?
3: Uh, which, which animated film? Is it Sorry. Miller's
0: versus Machines?
3: Oh, uh, y- yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. give me the first, the main character's first name. Exactly. Easy. Danny. <laughs> Game, set, <laughs> match. Anyways, uh, to, to completely go 180 on all this, after that Avatar trailer launched... Guys, went, we've been talking
1: an, an hour and a half about Avatar. And we're
0: going to go another hour and a half, damn it! But I went to the Avatar subreddit, which I believe I'm a mod for, and, um, <laughs> and cause I was just like, I wanted to see like what is the Avatar community saying about this trailer. There were like three comments. it was like... Finally, like there was just like zero buzz, and it's like, okay, that's a good sense of where we're at. Should have done Star Wars, but, anyways, apparently, this game's about journeying into the unknown western parts of Pandora, so it's basically the forbidden west of the Avatar franchise. So, please look forward to that. Um, we have a lot more to talk about with E3, there's a lot more news to get to. Um, that's what the bonus episodes of the Min Max Show podcast are going to be all about. We'll be back on Tuesday with uh, a big episode talking about Nintendo and more odds and ends and then the regularly scheduled episode of the MinMax Show podcast coming up on Wednesday if you're a Patreon supporter and Thursday for everybody else. Um, that one will be even more unpacking everything else we missed because it's exciting times. E3, everybody. It's here, cereal. E3. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for watching or listening. Remember, if you're watching, you can always subscribe to the MinMax Show podcast on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to support us on Patreon, we'd appreciate it. We always appreciate the help growing. Um, if you support us at any tier, you can jump into the Discord where you can compete in Trivia Tower. The Grand Round! Round, round. Thank you, Kyle. Round, uh, happening round. this Sunday at 1 p.m. Central. So Sunday, June 20th. If you support us at any tier, you get access to the Discord. Then in that Discord, we have the fun community video game trivia where the last person standing in this video game trivia wins $1,000. That's why it's called the Grand Round, everybody. the IRS. So if you're looking for- You could make an Avatar sequel with that kind of (laughs) You could make one of the four. (laughs) Uh, So if you're looking for a good reason to jump in, now's a great time. So we'd appreciate the support. Uh, And thank you to everybody who supports us at the $50 tier on Patreon. You know who I'm talking about. It's Alex Payne. Fixture Gaming, I Am 8-Bit, Best of the Rest Podcast, Call Me By Your Game Podcast, Mercurico Toreno, Real AFTV, Zachary Pliggy, Beaten Down Brian. Congratulations, Beaten Down Brian on your Plague Tale sequel. We'll talk about it later. Mark Seliga, Ludwig Hello, Pretty PrettyGoodPrinting.com, Andrew Ukerwitz, Andrew Valla, John Higby, Yaro, Richard Smuts, Clint Farley, Spiral in Your Eyes, Preetham Yarlegata, Starkiller, Spider Dan, Purebred Number 6, Slickneck Steve, Bam Dad, and Jesse Vitelli. Thanks so much, everybody. Kyle, Suriel, Jeff, thank you for being here. Let's talk again about games in the future. E3's here, everybody. Be good, have fun, let's go! <laughs>